You're listening to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, episode 39. The best songs of 1985. Let's head back to a time where Nintendo first introduced a plumber named Mario. The Fridge did the Super Bowl shuffle. Anthony Michael Hall made Kelly LeBrock with his computer. Saturday Detention was hip. Chunk and Friends searched for lost pirate treasure. And Einstein became the first dog to time travel. So let's go help Colonel Matrix find his kidnapped daughter with your host, Rob Heitman, and the man who just missed being cast as Drago in Rocky Four. special guest, Jeff Stort. Hey, Jeff. Welcome, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> if I was a foot taller and I don't know, we can keep going. Oh, yeah. One. We can dye your hair. Wait, trust me. Well, I, I would break you. I, by, you know, when I was, let's put it this way. In 1985, I probably had more blonde hair than I have now. Let's put it that way. That's good. <laughs> well, welcome to the Dirty Dozen Podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. Where we will discuss the top 12 songs from 1985. The best 12 of them, actually. While enjoying a drink or two, I'm Rob. And I'm Jeff. There we go. I'd like to thank everybody who's been active and joining in on conversations on Facebook. We just appreciate everybody, and thank you for doing that. And once again, if you go to www. I don't know why I have to www anymore, but dirtydozenpodcast.com, on there, there's a link to the Facebook page for us, and that's where we chat, and that's where we have a lot of cool stuff going, pictures and goofy stuff. All right, looking back at the entertainment of 1985, big movies included The Breakfast Club. Back to the Future, Real Science, Real Genius, Rocky Four, TV shows, MacGyver first came on, Moonlighting, Growing Pains, and The Golden Girls. Any favorites or anything jumps out to you? So you have to remember, because I'm aging myself now, in 1985, I was 16. I turned 16 in May of 85. So, so that's The Golden summer. Girls, right? So The Golden Girls were, were big on, <laughs> were they Sunday night? Boy, it might have been. But you got to think, Back to the Future that summer, Weird Science, Real Genius, I think Commando you threw in there, you just reminded yes, I me did. about. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, that was, that's all we did. If this was a podcast about movies from 1985, <laughs> this would be nine hours long, because I can go all day. And I started working at Universal Studios that year. I picked up trash, you know, just walking around. Sure. But Back to the Future was huge. Yeah. So yeah. it was just gigantic. And that's the one that sticks out more than anything. But when we're renting movies, we're renting Commando, and we're renting Real Genius and Weird Science, and, you know. Yeah, I was 14, 15, but yeah. right around that time, I actually, probably the following year, I ended up working at a video store. Oh, yeah, yeah. So every night, I was taking up all of these movies. Yeah, well, because we could drive, right? That was our first summer where all of us could drive, myself, all my friends. So it was, we're hitting all these movies. It was fantastic. All right, I'm drinking Bardstown Bourbon Fusion, which is uh, really tasty. It's got some uh, caramel, oak, cherry, apple... A little butterscotch at the end. Standard bourbon notes. The good thing I like about Bardstown is on the side, they mix what's in there, but they give mm-hmm. you specifically what's in there. Oh, they, they break they down They put the... like 45% 12-year Kentucky bourbon. Then they break it down into mash bill, the whole thing. How much rye, corn, barley, or wheat. Oh, nice. This one is actually 60% is their own stuff. They're a young distillery, and they have some three-year that is in here as well. But they outsource most of their stuff from Kentucky, because that's what you have to do when you're starting out. Isn't that what most master distillers are, or just figuring out what the right blends of what are of their own stuff? So right. if you can do that with other people's stuff and come out with a great bourbon, yeah. you know. And you're drinking uh, Proper 12. Proper 12. It's an Irish whiskey, but it's not a traditional Irish whiskey. I'd love to know a little bit more about it, because I'm a Bushmills fan normally. 
Okay. This is not a traditional Irish. It's got a lot more bourbon notes in it. So I'm wondering if it's if it aged in some casks. It's distilled in the normal method, but they do age it in bourbon casks. It definitely has a lot more bourbon notes. It's got that a little bit more vanilla and not as much chocolate mm-hmm. as as a traditional triple distilled Irish. So I like it. It's really good. Yeah, sounds good. Anyway, let me do my little spiel here. Before we begin, we'll be critically reviewing specific songs that will share under 20 seconds of each tune, unless there is a specific issue or criticism that we may need to highlight. Then we may do a second clip. We have made Apple Music and Spotify playlists, just search Official Dirty Dozen on either service, to get each of our lists in their entirety. This way, all the money for playing tunes will always head back to each artist. We have also created a current episode, Dirty Dozen Podcast Playlist, which will automatically update with each podcast to the current podcast. So subscribe once and always be updated. Also, look for our link to our YouTube playlist as well, because sometimes music sounds better when you see it, and especially in this 80s stuff that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Half of the stuff I found on MTV. Oh, yeah. That's where I saw it, and, <laughs> and that's what I see in my head when I listen to it. Yeah. So especially during the 80s, please check out the YouTube playlist, because it's really great. So, Jeff. Yeah. What's your song of note? Let's just jump in. My song of note. So when I first heard this song, Driving in the Car, I had a Volkswagen Bug. Nice. It had a sophisticated stereo system. I called it the mono system. I had one speaker right in front of me. (laughs) And no cassette player. So it was just radio. So this song came on. I remember I was driving with my dad. I can't remember coming from the orthodontist or something. I remember hearing this going, oh, this will be a hit. This is number one hit. This has to be. It's a silly song. The guy who wrote it probably doesn't ever want to play it. I know his old-time fans definitely don't want to ever hear it, but it's my song. Do you want to know what it is? Sure. It's Susudio by Phil Collins. Oh, nice. No, I don't think that's an embarrassing song. That whole album was good. In 85, as I'm looking through, I can't find any real iconic albums. You could argue for No Jacket Required. You could argue that that's an album that you need to own. I personally don't own it, and I'm a Phil Collins fan, Genesis fan. But sure. it's just a silly, hooky pop song, right? When the horns come in and it doesn't mean anything, who, what is Susudio? I remember, I think I Wikipedia it and it was trying to describe what it was, but it was him trying to go more pop and he had the beat in his head. And I think the Susudio was just what he was singing over it just to kind of keep the melody going and it stuck. I don't think it means a whole lot, but it's just one of those fun, poppy songs it just it, it struck a chord with me at that age, thinking, oh, yeah, that'll be a number one hit. Yeah, I mean, Collins said that it was sort of lyrics were based on the schoolboy crush at this girl at school. Yep. This is his quote. This is one of those examples of improvising lyrics, mm-hmm. like you said. You can sometimes use the lyric. Other times, you're in big trouble. But what you write doesn't necessarily have to mean anything. So I set up this drum machine pad. I got some chords. I started to sing into the microphone. This word came out, Sususudio. And I went back and tried to find another word. And I scanned Sususudio. And I couldn't find anything else. (laughs) So I just kept it there. (laughs) It's just a great pop song. It's got a great hook. And that's Sususudio. Okay. So let's listen to Sususudio. Jeff's song of note. Oh, oh. 
I really like the horns and mm-hmm. the, the way it kind of pops in there. Yeah, it's it sounds great. Really catchy and really upbeat. There's a lot going on there. I love the moving parts. I think this is Phil flexing his arranging muscles because I'm the drummer in Genesis and then I'm the reluctant singer in Genesis. All of a sudden, people are paying me to sing and I was kind of hoping they'd just pay me to play drums. So I think this is him going, okay, what can I throw in here? Here's some horns. Tony Banks usually does this, but I'll throw the horns in. There you go. All right. So my song of note is off of The Dream of the Blue Turtles by Sting. I remember getting this on CD, this album. Great album. Listening to it over and over and over again. And I figured my favorite song on it is not the big hit that everybody would expect. Right. My favorite song is Russians. I just remember the time, and I I know that a lot of people our age would know, but a lot of younger people really didn't realize what the threat of nuclear war was. Oh, yeah. And it was really real. You think COVID-19's bad. It was on the news every night, Rob. You know that. It was yeah. That's what it was. That was that led to news of what they were doing and what we were doing. And this is Sting's attempt to scare us all. <laughs> but it's it's actually quite a, a, quite a good <laughs> it is. A political statement. The clock in the beginning kind of reminds me of a doomsday clock, which kind of lines Again, in with what we're right, doing. Right. I always love the song and the message. And Sting's voice is so rich and emotional. It was inspired by a Russian composer, Sergei Prokolov, and Sting said a friend of mine who was doing research at Columbia University in New York intercepted the Soviet TV signal on his computer. On Saturday night in New York City, we would watch the Sunday morning programs for the kids in Russia. And suddenly I felt a need to say something obvious. The Russians love their children too. And that's what kind of inspired the song. Let's listen to Russians from Dream of the Blue Turtles. so good why don't we go into the main part and okay. you're going to do number 12 then i'll yep. do 12 and 11 and then you do 11 and 10 right down Perfect. the line great so what's your number 12 my number 12 is off the listen like thieves album by in excess okay. and it is what you want so this year this summer will be very car centric for me because we were all out and about we didn't have video games we didn't have the internet we were driving around doing stuff going to see movies but it's a great song it's one of those it's a poppy song and most of mine as you'll see are songs you've probably heard in the last six months in a tv show in a movie on a commercial right and so to me this was just a great song that my uh, i was more of a hard rock guy but this was the song that a lot of my friends were playing driving around so i have this just ingrained in my head what you need is on my list, by the way. Yeah. I love the drum intro and then the stop. The guitar yeah. part comes in and then the groove's on. Michael Hutchins' voice, Pengilly with the sax. It's a great song that's just set up great. Just the structure of it. It's solid. really is. Yeah, this song was almost one that didn't actually make the album. It's weird. Though. A lot of times you hear that, oh, it didn't make the album because it didn't fit what our vision was for it. But a lot of those turn out to be hits, right? Yeah, the producer just came back and he's like, listen, I like what's on this album, but we need one more hit at the end after they finished recording so they thought it over that night and they went through some old demo and mm-hmm. they found this demo called funk song 13 which had part of that song but they finished it in one day and, and then the next day they cut it for the album amazing and then they shipped it amazing so let's listen to what you need off of listen like thieves by in x s Thank you. 
All right. That's what you need by NXS off of Listen Like Thieves. Good song. Yeah, it's a great song. So I guess it's my turn. What do you got for number 12? All right, let's go to number 12. I went to University of Arizona. Wildcat. You know it. I had second row center seats to this guy who came and actually played at Arizona. Okay. A blues guy, but kind of blues, kind of rock. Mm-hmm. His name is George Thorogood. Okay. He came up with an album called Maverick. And one of the songs that I truly love off this album mm-hmm. is I Drink Alone. Mm-hmm. And this is my number 12. I had to put it in. It just, I had to have it in there. It's a cry uh, for help. I understand. <laughs> yes, I know. It's sort of a humorous tape. Usually you, you're a social drinker. People go out and drink yeah. socially. Uh, he's like, no, I was there a video for this song? Yes, there was. What was the video? What was he doing? Oh, he's just like walking through, smoking a cigar. Okay, I can't remember. Walking into like a bar. Was he playing pool in this one? Was this that one or was that one of the other ones? I can't remember. Nah, I'm pretty sure that was Bath of the Bone. This one, he's in an empty bar by himself pretty much. But it's funny. Some people actually took clips from Hollywood movies. Yeah. And they had all these pictures of people drinking by themselves. So great. Through the whole thing. It's available on YouTube though. You can check it out. But it's not the official version. Just let you know. Anyway, back to the song. I just love the way that he, he plays with the lyrics. He's drinking with his good buddy Wiser, his pals Jack Daniel and Jimmy Bean. Yes. The Walker brothers, mm-hmm. black and red. And the only one family member will drink with him. And that's dear old granddad. <laughs> right? Yes, right. So for mm-hmm. me, I just love this tune. Yeah. I had to put it on there. I thought 12 was a safe place to put it. 12 is a good place. To so uh, here's I Drink Alone by George Thurgood and the Destroyers off of the Maverick album, which is a pretty good album, by the way. So take a listen. Here we go. He's a real good slide player, by the way. Wait, hang on. He played slide guitar on one of his songs? <laughs> yeah, no, every song. <laughs> I loved it. It was really, it was fun oh, yeah. to sit there and watch. And Oh, wait, I, yeah, I used to love that. Yeah, he's awesome. All right, let's jump into my number 11 mm. from a band called Simple Minds. Mm-hmm. And it's called Don't You Forget About Me. It's, mm. it's from the Once Upon a Time album or mm-hmm. Breakfast Club album, if you will. And quite frankly... I can't hear this song without thinking about The Breakfast Club. Yep. <laughs> and it's just there, you know? Yeah. I revisit the movie in my head every time I hear it. It's one of those movies when you're in high school and that movie came out, it's like, oh, this is... Now, my high school looked nothing like that, right? We right. didn't have this gigantic library to hang out in this big campus, but it was like, oh, this is kind of a high school movie. It's kind of cool. It was a great movie. We loved it. And the soundtrack, like you said, every time you hear that, this movie pops in your head. Yeah, and you just you picture yeah. walking down yep. the football field with your fist in the air. Yep. This song... It's interesting because the Simple Minds didn't write it. It was written for them, and they generally write their own stuff. Mm -hmm. And it took them a while. They initially said no. And then they sat and talked to John Hughes, and they kind of were brought along, and they decided to go with it. I bet you they're glad they made that decision It's their biggest song ever. They've bought plenty of houses and cars because of this song. Yeah. Jim Carr really, lead Mm -hmm. singer, didn't really like it. He, He didn't think the song was up to snuff when he heard the demo. But he was just thrilled on its impact it's on a cu- fantastic, culture. Yeah. It's a fantastic song. And you can't go a month without hearing this on a radio or a commercial or something, right? Yeah, it's everywhere. You can't really get away from it. Do you have it? It isn't on your list, right? It is on oh, my list. Oh, it's on your list. Okay. It's on my list. Okay. Uh, anything else that you want to touch base on before we... No, you hit everything. It was great. Okay, great. So let's listen to Don't You Forget About Being by Simple Minds. 
This is my number 11. I find that's always interesting. Yeah. When I listen through these songs for research, I end up listening to them with headphones on. Right. Like good headphones. Yep. And you don't realize you what you're missing. Subtleties. Yeah. Especially with like the key bed in that song mm-hmm. and listen to what the keyboard's doing. Because mm-hmm. you can, if I listen to that on my iPhone, you don't hear that. No. Or even in my car sometimes, you're not quite getting that. Yeah. Well, and it's the, the way it was recorded back then. There was so much more dynamic. The way they recorded analog, and there's so much more dynamic in it, you can pick up those subtleties where modern stuff, those subtleties aren't there, right? Right, right. They purposely put them in then. If that's what's awesome to listen to on headphones. You pick up those things you don't normally hear. Very good. So what's your number 11? My number 11 is a another song that this band should never be voted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't think they won a Grammy for this song. Shouldn't have, but it is in every montage scene of every rom-com that's been put out in the past 30 years. Uh, It's just one of those pop songs. You hear it, and it's like, okay, this is it. I don't own this, but this is one of those songs from 1985 that you have to give it its props just because of the impact it's made since it's came out. And you probably know what it is. It could be anything. There's so many of them that But it's Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves. Wow. Only reason I'm saying this, I know it's a shocker, there wasn't a Scorpions album released in 1985. <laughs> Worldwide Live was, but I can't use that one because it's a live album. But this song, if every movie that's been shot, every rom-com, every montage scene has been this song. By Katrina and the Waves. It's one of these one-hit wonder bands. That's my curveball. Very good, though. I like it. All right. So let's listen to Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves. Jeff's number 11. I really like the solo on the song, too. See, can't you see Jennifer Aniston and Ben Stiller running through a park with that and then stopping to get an ice cream? <laughs> yeah, Tom Hanks she has to be in, in it somewhere. Nose. Yeah, and her and Meg Ryan are doing something, can't you? Right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a classic song. It's not one that the name never jumped in my head, I guess. It's a great song. Good call. Good number 11. So, what's your 10? My number 10 song is by another member of a band that I featured earlier in my list. It's a more downbeat song but i just remember loving it the way it just the way it built the way it was i'll tell you the vocalist paul carrick i love his voice Mm -hmm. it's mike and mechanics yes i figured right and it's silent running which is a little bit deeper of a cut on the album wow but i really like this song it always whenever i hear it it's one of those i just turn it up and this is the song that always sticks i just love the way it builds it's just just a great kind of and a little bit different in 85. It wasn't as poppy, right? Sure, sure. You know, so I just I, just one of those songs that kind of stuck out with me. It's not, you know, Mike McCann's their next album was their huge hit, but they had some good songs in this album. Yeah, I would. All I Need Is a Miracle was the one that jumped out at me yep. from there. But right. but this was also on there that was yep. a, a, I just, a really good one, song This one, I always well. liked this song a lot more, just for whatever reason. I just It just stuck a chord with me a little bit more. Okay, that's great. Well, this is 
Silent Running off of Mike and the Mechanics self-titled album. And of course, uh, the band he was referring to before was Genesis, him and Phil Collins. Mike Rutherford. Yep. Paul Carrick is the vocalist. Here we go. So here's Silent Running from Mike and Mechanics. Jeff's number 10. Yeah, you can hear the harmonies. The, thing the way do. they layer it's those great. low harmonies yeah. in there and that. Yeah. Yeah, that low yeah. stuff. I looked at you, I said, well, like that. I said, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, great. Yeah. The, way they, the way they layer that. It just gives that bottom to the whole song. Yeah. This song has a subtitle in a lot mm-hmm. of the versions. It's called Silent Running on Dangerous Ground. Yes, right. And on Dangerous Ground really has nothing to do with the song. No. It has to do with some movie that came out that I've never seen, and I don't know <laughs> you've seen. But this Probably song no was has. actually supposed to be part of a movie called Choke Canyon. Interesting. Which was the name. And... It went out, and it went right to VHS, probably. Probably, if or, it even did or, that. Or, or uh, LaserDisc. Went to LaserDisc, yeah, beta. It hit, hit beta. <laughs> the last last thing on beta. Oh, But everybody was kind of always wondered, what does that mean? Number one, silent running doesn't, there's yeah, nothing in that you, in the Because you don't song. find it anymore. They, right. On the old stuff, it, it, it's it's got that labeled on there. But yeah, the new stuff, it just sounds But silent running makes sense, because it's like, it does. can you can hear, hear me, me running? Can you hear it's me running? Yeah, 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 it's yeah. great. So that makes sense. But yeah. the dangerous ground is like, what? Yeah. yeah. What is that? Yeah. Fit the, it fit the movie that never saw the light of day. We have to search that out. If you know where it is, yeah. anybody who knows where you can find that movie, which was- The po- guy who directed that movie probably can't find it. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Choke Canyon. So if you see that on Netflix or Prime or wherever you see it, let me know and uh, leave it in the comments. If you send me the link and I find it, I will sit down and watch it and I will report back on how bad it was. (laughs) Yes. Probably know it's a fantastic movie, but no one saw it. All right. So my number 10. Yeah. I'm going to turn up the volume a little bit. Okay. Here we go. One of my favorite hair metal bands. In 85? In 85, there's one of them. And the one that came out... I think I know. It's Don Dokken is the lead singer, and Dokken... We can talk about Dokken all day long, so let's yeah. go. Under And George Lynch for me. Um, yes. Uh, it was huge. Love Under George Lock and Lynch. Key came out, and the song that I went with... Yeah. I could have went with a couple, but I decided to go with In My Dreams, because that course. was the big one. Yep. So, uh, harmony singing intro into a guitar lick. It's a, a radio-friendly song. It is. Like, even if you're not in the... You know, heavy rock. Right. It's worked. It almost sounds like Cinderella meets Journey. Well, that's what it was. Is Don was always it. trying to be the pop. You know, he was started out as producer, right? Right. So right. he was always trying to get those those poppy hits, and the rest of the band fought him the entire time. <laughs> that's probably why Dawkins still isn't around. Well, it um, is. They still tour, but they're obviously well, not with the same. George members. and Don aren't in the same. No, band. they're not. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're not. I, although they were, they were supposed to tour. They were supposed to play down in Hollywood. Someone must have gave them a wheelbarrow full of money. Not, they weren't playing (laughs) together. But but on the same bill. On the same bill. So it was Dokken and Lynch Mob on the same bill. I went to Monsters of Rock here in 89, was Monsters of Rock, uh, at the Coliseum. Mm -hmm. And George and Don didn't look at each other the entire time. (laughs) Didn't even make eye contact. Well, I mean, Dawkins looked pretty cool in the video, if you remember. Dawkins was great. I, uh, with that I, cowboy outfit, I like, mean, well, I know. With, with, the, with is, the rain pouring over him. What is great? Yeah. I'm a huge George Lynch fan. I am too. 
Don Dawkins' voice, can I can I be negative on you? Sure, sure. Don Dawkins' voice never did anything for me. It bothered me. And the fact that he was going to be, he was going to take over for Klaus Meine if his voice didn't come back for Scorpions <laughs> in 1980 would have, would have, well, I would have hung myself at that point, I think. I, that would have been bad for me. But I was never, I, I, his voice never did anything for me. Therein lies the crux of the matter. He was going to take over as lead singer for the Scorpions. Scorpions. So Klaus's voice. And Jeff loves the Scorpions before Blackout. So before Blackout, Klaus lost his voice. We're going now. We're going back to 1979. Uh, Klaus lost his voice. They weren't sure it was ever going to come back. Don was one of the producers working on the album, I believe, and so they had him sing the demos. But thank goodness, Klaus recovered. (laughs) Don Dawkins said, "I was down in Mexico on vacation. Took my acoustic with me." I was sitting down at the beach, looking at the ocean. The sun was going down, and I came up with a guitar riff. I had a magazine and a pen. I started scribbling the lyrics on a magazine. In 40 minutes, the song was done. It's all about dreaming about an old girlfriend, pretty much. I just remember George Lynch with... He had all these graphic guitars. He had the... And the, the skull video, and the... And, the, and he and had the camo guitar he yes. played. And It's a great song. It really is. And they don't have that stuff anymore. It, no. If you really think about the 80s... And the guitars they used to play, everything, snakeskin. You could buy a weird. Les Paul in 1987 for a song. Because everybody wanted Kramers and Ibanez and Jacksons. I had right? a Kramer. I had a Kramer. <laughs> I didn't even play guitar and I had a Kramer. Still have it. It's in the garage somewhere. But yeah, you could get a, a Strat and a Les Paul for a song. Because no one wanted to play them because they weren't cool looking. Up until uh, Guns N' Roses came around. And then all of a sudden. Yeah, then like, now all of a sudden everybody wants to play. And even Slash's first That was a knockoff Les Paul, right? Right, His first one, yeah. So, anyway, let's listen to In My Dreams by Dokken from Under Lock and Key. This is my number 10. I can listen to that whole song. I'll let the solo go. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love George's playing. The, his oh, arpeggios yeah. are just great. And I don't, I'm not enough of a musician to know, but his start and stop. So the, yeah. Badoo, 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 I don't know what those it's are. more phrasing in the way, the way he yeah, does yeah, it. Right, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a really cool style of playing. You can listen to him play and your eyes closed, not seeing who's playing and you know it's yeah. him. Oh, yeah. You, it's distinctive. I have the first George Lynch album before Lynch Mob. The okay. first one with Ray Gillum was the lead vocalist. Oh, nice. From Badlands. Yeah. Dawkins was always one of my favorite 80s bands. Yeah. Uh, all of it. You know, I remember, uh, back from the attack. Going to know, soccer games at Into the Fire. Everybody's singing it in the back of the back of the bus. We even, probably lost a game because we lost more than we won. But yeah, everybody's Even they the did that. The what was that song? Uh, Dream Warriors for the, for for the, the movie. movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I saw. And I was of a, course we saw. I was a big horror movie. I used, I used to be crazy. I used to get home when, we get the, when I worked at the yeah. video store. Yeah. And nobody would be home. Yeah. And I'd be at night, oh, and yeah. I would put my chair in the middle of the room, oh, yeah. turn off all the lights, and watch like horror movies. Oh, my buddy who watched Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, for the first time, it was him and another friend. They like grabbed their Bibles and were sitting on the couch watching it. They were so scared. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. All right. So I'm going to jump from one good guitar player to another really good guitar player and, mm. and a... Uh, underappreciated guitar player because he's more in the pop space but he is a fantastic guitar player even though he's no more as a singer the person i'm talking about is prince okay and uh, raspberry beret was a song and this is not necessarily a guitar song for him but it was the one that i kind of had to do it's on the album around the world in a day it has good vibe the affected digital drums in it are are actually kind of good uh prince's vocal delivery is great 
The chorus is catchy. And if it, if it was warm, she wouldn't wear much more. It's great. And he sounded much better than I just did. And <laughs> yes, yes, he did. <laughs> Everybody does. <laughs> if if this was a rap song, I could nail it. Um, anyway, obviously, just looking at you, I could tell. <laughs> I got that street cred. Yeah, I could tell. Right Yo, right. what? <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, this is actually one of his cleaner songs. Unless you really think Old Man Johnson's store was a store. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Although he said he wouldn't miss a stroke, and there's a couple little things in there. But it's compared to, like, some of his other stuff. This is, <laughs> yes, you can definitely clean. get away. You can play this in a car. This is Prince's best song. Okay. Right, in my opinion. This is on my list. Okay. It's higher up than yours. This is the only Prince song that I'll probably listen to. There's maybe a few others sprinkled in there. that are Oh, I have to show you something. When this song really comes good. on, this is the song I turn up. This is Prince's best song, in my opinion, and one of the better songs of this year. It holds up to the test of time. So you could play this song, and you, most of the songs from this era, be honest, when the synthesizers kick in, you can tell, okay, this was probably 83, 84, 85. This song kind of stands the test of time. It's a really, really good song. It, it's fantastic. It's sometimes called the Minneapolis sound or the Prince sound. Yeah. That this is just exemplifies it, which is the finger cymbals, the string section, the harmonica, and, and the, a bunch of stuff that kind of gives yep. this well-rounded groove type of thing. Yep. This album sold over 3 million copies and was at number one for weeks. Uh, but the interesting kind of mm-hmm. sidebar thing is the Electronic Frontier Foundation established a Raspberry Beret Lifetime Aggrievement Award, right? To bestow upon offenders for extraordinary abuses of the takedown process in the name of silencing speech. This is in the 2013s. Right. Prince earned the honor in 2013 for taking legal action against people sharing his music online, but he did drop the $22 million lawsuit. (laughs) Yeah, okay. This is, after, this is after Metallica and Nasper. Yeah, exactly. Nasper. It's it's that bad. Got it. Uh, but Metallica got a lot of the press. But Yes, I never heard of that. So yeah, the, the vocals in this, the chorus, when the second vocal comes in, it's just a well-crafted song. So here you are, Raspberry Beret. This is my number nine. Yeah, good stuff. It's a great song. It's it's interesting in the beginning. Like Prince has done some backmasking. He's done right. a bunch of different things. Yep. And people are always dissecting his songs a little right. bit. Right. And in the beginning, he goes one, two, and three, and he doesn't say four. Right. He says cough. And they're like, "What does cough mean? What What does he mean? What's the subtext? What's he doing?" And actually, Prince was interviewed about it, and, yeah. he, and he said. He just wanted to seem like he was a little sick, like he was a little pervy. So that was the cough so about it. So if you anyway. take if you take the synths out of the beginning of that song, uh-huh. that song could have been written yesterday. Yeah, it's yeah, timeless, yeah. right? It's just it's a great song, and I don't know which one of the the Lisas is singing the the chorus, but her phrasing in the chorus when she doubles him, yeah, it's just it's it fits perfectly for that song. It just gives it. Something a little bit different. It's a great song. I love that song. Yeah, it's a fantastic tune. So, Jeff, what's your number nine? My number nine song, it's Things Can Only Get Better by Howard Jones. Oh, okay. I saw him in concert. Did you? Yeah, I saw him. He was playing with Bare Naked Ladies, which I'm a huge fan I of Bare Naked Ladies. I Ladies. I've probably seen those guys like seven times. Really? Yeah. So. Yeah. But they did one with uh, Howard Jones was opening up for yeah. him. So this one, obviously. But this is just play. one of those songs. It's just, again... 
once it plays, you'll know exactly what it is. You can probably pick the time frame that it's from. It's not a timeless like Raspberry Beret, but it's one of those songs. It's just, it shows up all the time. You know who it is, where it is. It's just a great catchy pop tune. This is a stereotypical 80s song, I think. Absolutely. To your Absolutely. point, yeah. Anyway, let's listen to Things Can Only Get Better by Howard Jones off of his Dream Into Action album. Let's listen. Anyway, that's Things Can Only Get Better by Howard Jones. It's interesting that mm-hmm. I saw them at the Greek. Yeah. This is when this was, right? And it's probably the last time I've seen them. They had Howard Jones and OMD <laughs> opened up for them. And, but Howard you know, Jones, that was a joke. If it's pretty Nicolaitis, it was some sort of joke, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It had, And it was all 80s throwback. It's yeah. like bands they liked in the 80s. And they said, yeah, oh, right, exactly. come out and play with And Rush wouldn't come out with them. Yeah, right, yeah right. obviously. Anyway, it's interesting that Howard Jones didn't play this song in his set. Which is kind of weird, but then Bare Naked Ladies called them out in and the they big set it. and they played no, it with okay, them. That, yeah, 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 that's typical them. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. Things can only get better. It's a good call at number nine. Yeah. So what do you have at number eight? Number eight is my only Norwegian entry. Norwegian? Uh, from this. It was a number one hit. Um, probably a number one hit because of a falsetto that's in the song. Okay. It is Take On Me by Aha. Oh, Okay. I've never heard that song. What's that song about? Yeah, you've never heard that song before? I've never heard it. I've never seen the video, that, yeah, the yeah, cartoon yeah. video. It's I not an iconic song. No. So <laughs> you can see a version of it. We watch, uh, what is it, um, Deadpool 2, I think they do the uh, the acoustic version of it. Oh, yeah. it's good. Yeah. 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 Oh, so okay. Yeah. It's one of those, again, you play the song, everyone's heard it, they still hear it today. It's in a bunch of different things. It's going to be on your Sirius XM, which doesn't necessarily mean anything, but... It's, again, one of those iconic songs from this time. In my opinion, again, there's no iconic albums, but there are some songs that have just lasted, have just stood the test of time. It's inter- I think this is one of them. It's interesting. This They originally recorded and released, but not globally, if you will, this song in 82, but they named it Lesson One. Nor- Norwegian bands probably don't get the break in America. <laughs> not a First much. step, I'm guessing it's Scandinavian region. Then they go to the UK, and then they go to the US. I'm guessing it didn't make the uh, Chicago airwaves, you know, week one of their release. And then in 84, they rewrote the song as Take On Me and recorded it Mm. and released it as a single only in Europe. Yep. And it went to three in Norway. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. It was them and two other bands. And then they re-recorded it with uh, their producer for this, which is Alan Turney. Yeah. And then they beefed it up with the energy and the instrumentation. Number two in the UK, right? Yeah, and then this reached number one in 27 countries. Yeah. So it's uh, their first Norwegian band to have a number one hit in the United States. Let's hear the, take on The me. video for this, though. Oh, my gosh, yes. It was innovative. Nothing looked like it at the time. If you Looking at, at time, it now, it's, it's reg- like, what's the big deal? When you saw that, it's like, oh, this is something from Mars. That was cutting edge. Yes. Jumping into a comic book, having the comic hand come out. Yeah, and it was and sketch, then pulling them in. that yeah. sketch look. And yeah, that, we, you, we didn't see anything like that. If you haven't seen the video, people watch the video it's fantastic uh it'll be on the youtube playlist that we have for this podcast so check that out let's listen to take on me by uh uh-huh
like some of the instrumentation yeah. they do in that. And kids, if you tune in later, Rob will be attempting that falsetto part later on in the podcast. <laughs> so just stay tuned. Yes, I have to castrate myself. Yeah, there's a few <laughs> there's some stretching exercises he has to do first, but other than that, and oh. call his doctor. But, uh, once that's done, we'll, he'll be attempting that. All right. My number eight is we actually did a podcast on this band, our, our 13th podcast. Yep. With, with this band called Tom Petty mm-hmm. and the Heartbreakers. Yep. And uh, this is off for Southern Accents. And the name of the song is Don't Come Around Here No More. Yep. I can't hear the song without picturing the video. They had a little bit of controversy because they ate Alice in Wonderland. When they cut that piece of cake, cake out of her. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah that's, again, iconic video. Uh, the sitar intro, come on. You can hear Dave Stewart's influence on this tune. The drums, the keys carry the tune. The guitar is up. A little bit too much wah for me in some points, but that's okay. It's just an iconic Tom Petty song. Yeah. Uh, and Dave Stewart is from the Eurythmics, and so he worked with him on this, and they wrote it together. And the psychedelic sound was a bit of a departure for what he usually does. Yes. Right. This put, it's like, oh, this Tom Petty guy's a little weird and kooky, which he wasn't, but the video kind of cast him as that. And then once they did the free falling, it's like, oh, that's... Com- People were looking at it as completely different, not knowing the earlier stuff. He, he sort of came off as this, when you first saw him, as sort of like a Bob Dylan-esque I, I was character. just going to say that. The, uh, yeah, absolutely. And But but like a cool rock in Bob Dylan. Not, yes. not that Bob Dylan isn't cool, right. but he's more of, I think of him folky when I hear him, even yes. though he does play some stuff with yes. electric guitar and everything. Yeah. And obviously Tom Petty played with him with the Traveling Vulgaris. They, they actually toured, I think, because I remember when I was- Were you able to see him? I, I saw them rehearse. So when, nice. I, when I worked at, at Universal, I worked at the special effects stage. So the stage is down in the lower lot. The stage next door, they used to rent out all the time for different stuff. And they rehearsed, they rented it for a month and they rehearsed in there. So every day at lunch, we would go sneak in the back and if we oh, could. Oh, that must have been amazing. Yeah, it was cool. So. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So anyway, let's listen to Don't Come Around Here No More by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And watch the video for this one too. Yeah. Okay, that's my number eight. Don't come around here no more. The video fits that song perfectly. Oh, it's perfect. It's brilliant. It's that. That synth at the beginning and stuff gives you that psychedelic feel, and then the, the Alice in Wonderland theme fits it perfectly. Just to plug a book that I really love, I Want My MTV, mm. The Uncensored Story of the Music Revolution. It's told by the people who are in it, mm. and there's Tom Petty's in here, all the artists, but it's it's not told like a narrative. It just flows between the people having stories, and it goes between the VJs and the executives and the rock stars and the people who are doing the videos. So it's really one of the best books I've read on the music stuff. Oh, wow. And I didn't so, know Dave Dave Stewart had a hand in that song. Yeah. He, you it, can totally, once you said that, and I listened to it again, you can totally hear it. You hear that instrumentation in the background and yeah. the layers. It's like, oh, that's totally him. All right. So let's move from that to a poppier song. From the songs from the Big Chair album, mm-hmm. Tears for Fears. Mm-hmm. And it's the song that you have to go with, which is Everybody Wants to Rule the World. It's on my list. Okay, good. And originally it was titled, Everybody Wants to Go to War, but they changed it. (laughs) (laughs) Good. But people don't realize that that's really what the song's about. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of a dark, 
focus and people think about it as this light song but it's really not instantly recognizable lick into this big synth tone the vocals are solid i love the chorus as it picks up the guitar instrumental is solid but although it's not technical it fits the song really well yeah the song is pretty much about a quest for power and the consequences of it this is kurt smith talking well this is me quoting kurt smith talking <laughs> a concept is quite serious it's about everybody wanting power about warfare and the misery it causes and this was obviously a number I thought one. Kurt hit. Smith was going to walk in the door for a second. That would be amazing. That'd be a coup. Kurt Smith out there and wants Pulled to talk, chat about it. We yeah. will definitely do that. It's interesting though that the only two instruments on this song that are actually real instruments right. are the acoustic and the electric guitar. Everything else is digital. You know, this time that was the cool thing. That's the way things were done, right? And Kurt Smith talked about this tour. And this is a quote. We soon realized that touring isn't much fun with a bunch of drum machines and sequencers. <laughs> we didn't get into the music business to be a computer programmers. Right. We did it to be musicians. On that tour, I just went out and did the album for nine months. If people wanted to hear the album, they could have just stayed at home and listened to it. <laughs> well, isn't that how music is today? I mean, you go to a concert, yeah, if, you I, know, if you go see somebody, they're just pretty much playing back the album, right? Well, not the people I see, but yeah. I, well, yeah. The, yes, the, the, I should say the uh, pop songs of Absolutely. Today. And half of the time, they're not even singing it anymore. It's like crazy. I said, they're just playing the album back. Interesting. Another side story about yeah. this. Everybody Wants to Rule the World mm -hmm. is a line from a Clash song, Charlie Don't Surf. Oh. So Joe Strummer tells a story where he confronted Roland Orzabal in a restaurant. He goes, you owe me money. He goes, well, you, know, you owe me a fiver. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, why? why? Why do I owe you a fiver? He goes, well, your biggest song ever came from our lyric. Orzabal went in his wallet and gave him a five. Threw a five pound note. <laughs> He's asking for five. It's like, let's not even bother. Here's your Here you loyalties. <laughs> yeah. Here you go, Joe. All right. Everybody wants to rule the world. This is my number seven from Tears for Fears. <laughs> That's Everybody Wants to Rule the World, my seven. It's interesting. I walked out mm -hmm. of the room briefly uh, to get another drink, and my daughter was out there, and yeah. she goes, I love that song. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting that even the 80s stuff is bringing okay, comeback. So and my daughter's 17, so. Okay, so let's do some math then, if we got a second. So your daughter, let's say your daughter's 16, the same age I was in 1985. So that's 35 years previous, okay? Mm -hmm. So she loves that song. Yeah. I was 16 in 1985. So 35 years previous to that was 1950. So that would have meant I would have been going to school wearing a Bing Crosby shirt if I was following <laughs> that. I would have had a poster of, you know, the Andrews sisters right. on my wall. It just shows that... I have it on my ceiling, though. It's still... Cool. Again, it's, you're, you're opening up a Pandora's box here that I shouldn't... Um, but it just shows that these songs are still kind of cool and your daughter likes this one. If I walked around in 1985 and said, hey, I really love that new Nat King Cole song, I'd have punched been punch in the nose. But that's the rock and roll era. Yeah. We didn't have that. If we went back that far in time, it's literally, it was the Andrews sisters had a hit that year. I looked it up, right? Oh, it, once, once rock hit, it changed kind of everything. It was completely different. Yeah. yeah. And people, you know, there's even some people who say rock is dead. And I guess on the pop charts, maybe for a little bit it is, and maybe it'll come back. Just listening to the younger generation as they start listening to more rock stuff and there's like mm -hmm. some bands coming out like dirty honey and a bunch of newer bands that right. a lot of people don't know that are real rock focused and hopefully they do well 
Yeah. Hopefully the pendulum swings the other way. Now, I am going to go with my number six. Okay. As a very politically incorrect song. (laughs) All right. And it is one of the big videos, once again. Yep. From the 80s. I know Uh, the song that you're going to say. Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Dire Straits. Sting sung part of this, too. He sang the I Want My MTV, and he sang background vocals. He was on vacation at the same place they were recording it, so they... They pulled him in. That's great. Might as well. But Les Garland, who ran a network, even though he knew that there was maybe some underlying things that maybe were unfavorable, he said, I loved it and were flattered that they used I Want My MTV slogan. They needed that song. They were a fledgling network. They needed that song. Yeah, it was great. The thing that stood out to me for this, so this song is on my list. Sure. This was one of the first songs completely digitally recorded. Okay. So it was... Recorded digitally, mixed digitally, and mastered digitally. So if you remember on your old CDs on the back, it would say ADD or AAD. It would tell you how it was done. This is one of the first ones to be completely all digital. Not the first, but pretty much the first big hit. Nothing else sounded like it when that song came out. Sure. There was just something about it. His tone was just, his tone is great. I believe Omar Hakim played drums on this song. It's obviously a great, great drum sound, but it... Just the way it jumped out of your radio when that first guitar lick came on, it was one of those, it was a shocker. Nothing else sounded like that. Right. And then they did the whole digital thing that they did with the video, right. which was so cutting edge. Again, it's Minecraft. Yeah, pretty close, yeah. But to us, we didn't see anything it's the, like it. It's the first one. Although I do feel a little woke listening to the lyrics. <laughs> Just that slight bit. You can, uh, you can bleep those. No, no, no. Like. It's okay. Uh, I love the riff. Uh, Mark's vocals cut through and Sting background, of course, is great. Yeah. Mark Knopfler wrote the song after overhearing delivery men at a department store mm-hmm. complain about their jobs by watching MTV. He actually wrote the song while sitting in the kitchen display they had set up. And he was jotting down the word for word what they were what saying. they were saying. And that's where some of the derogatory terms come from, mm. where he used this, a derogatory term for gays beginning with F. It's actually banned in Canada during 2011 for a short period. Yeah, I'm sure in today's day and age. But Mark, he said, I wrote it from the viewpoint of a stupid character who thinks musicians make their money for nothing. Right. And stupidity is what leads him to make ignorant statements. I'm in two minds to whether it's a good idea to take on characters and write a song that aren't in the first person. <laughs> yes. So he was kind of angry about it. Is you this know? a political podcast? This is not a political podcast. We should podcast. Probably move on. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> anyway. If this won the best video in the MTV Music Awards, it stayed at number one for three weeks in the United States. For They're in it won a Grammy for this. Yeah, great song. So let's listen to Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. This is my number six. Look at that yo-yos, that's the way you do it. You play that guitar on the MTV. That ain't working, that's the way you do it. Money for nothing in your cheeks for free. No, that ain't working. All right, that's money for nothing. What was the controversial part? It's yeah, obviously we talked about that before. <laughs> Come on, Rob, play along, play along with me. I don't know. I don't know. There's nothing wrong. <laughs> anyway, Jeff, what's your number six? My number six song is a departure from this band. They moved away from their kind of synth pop sound to more of a rhythm and blues on this album, and it's uh, "What I Lie to You." The Arrhythmics. Oh, okay. She's just got such a great voice. And Dave Stewart is so, his arranging is so spot on and everything sits where it needs to be. This is, this is just a, in my opinion, a great song. My wife actually likes the Arrhythmics quite a bit. Oh, does she? 
we won't hold that against her. I like this song. No, but they have some. They have some really good songs. Yeah, Missionary Man is one of my favorites. By yeah, the that's a that's a good song. Too. This one's just a. It, again, all my songs in this are just straight up pop songs, and this is one of the better pop songs of the year. And no, it's all good. So let's listen to "What I Lie to You" by the Eurythmics. <laughs> Yeah, I was listening. The baseline for that is incredible. He, he just walks the entire time. Yeah. Quite solid. A great song. It's just, like, again, a straightforward pop song. The arrangement in it is great. Where the horns kick in, it's just perfect when they come in. Just add that. But it definitely, this had true touches of R&B. It was a very good. All right. So what? My number six song. Your number six is Money for Nothing by Dire Straits that we just touched upon. Oh, so did I screw something up? Your seven was? What I Lie to You. What I Lie to You, okay. And six, like my six, was Money for Nothing. Yeah. Oh, was it? We tied? Yeah, we tied. So I guess go to five. I must have jumped and I did three by accident. My bad. Okay. Go to my fifth is from an album that you played earlier. Okay. Dream of the Blue Turtles. Okay. And I can tell you probably which song it is, but go ahead. (laughs) It's probably not. So oh, my good. song right. is Fortress Around Your Heart. Oh, okay. That's a good song, too. Sting. The reason it sticks out to me is that summer when I was working, my first first summer working, I worked late at night at Universal Studios. And so I swept up. So we went around and cleaned up the park pretty much after it was closed. Victoria Station was up there. It was kind of the club, the dance thing. And this was huge up there that summer. This was being played. So walking around by myself, pitch black, Universal Studios, picking up trash. And I could hear this song pounding away from uh, Victoria Station. Every time I hear it, it like, brings me back to 11 o'clock at night, walking through an empty amusement park. Great song. The drums in it are fantastic. It's probably Sting at his finest. I think he calls this one of his favorite songs that he ever wrote. The other song in the album, which is Escaping Me Now, which is the song you probably thought I was going to do, and I'd have if to If you love someone, set them free. Yes. Yeah. That was kind of the hit. That was the poppy hit. Mm-hmm. This one stands out a little bit more to me than that song does on this album. Yeah, if I remember, this song had a lot of like strange chords. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Sting showing off in a lot of sense. He was, I can do this on my own. This was this first album. It almost has like a medieval kind of feel. It does. Yeah, we'll hear it in a second. And I think this was him flexing his muscles a little bit on, here's the chords I can play. I'm not just playing bass. I'm not just the front man. Right. You know, this is me. I don't need anybody else. I mean, this is his ego kicking in big time. Yeah, it's the musicianship at the heart of the song. Exactly. Yeah, I got it. All right, let's listen to Fortress Around Your Heart off of the Dream of the Blue Turtles album by Sting. Jeff's number five. And when those drums kick in and Omar Hakim's keeping time with the ride and not the hat, and he's just hitting the snare and the ride at the same, it just it just adds that song. It's just great. And then the bass is just all over the map. I love the chords that he's hitting and he's, oh, yeah. he's using modes instead of using like standard progressions. It's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, that's your number five. So my number five is from a guy who had several different names. Mm-hmm. He had uh, started as John Cougar. <laughs> then he went to John Cougar Mellencamp. 
And then he went to John Mellencamp mm-hmm. and the album, which is one of my favorite albums by him. Wasn't he Johnny Cougar too at the very beginning? Oh, it was Johnny Cougar. That's yeah, right. Johnny. Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely true. This album is called Scarecrow. And the song that I had to go with, one of my favorite songs by him, just sitting at a fire with an acoustic guitar, strumming along, Small Town. Yeah. Which I kind of had to go with. So that's my number five. We did a podcast on him as well. Oh, really? So yeah, check that one out. Yeah. Don't have the number in front of me. Actually, let me look. Yeah, this is on podcast number five. I just had to take a second to look it up. I couldn't remember what number it was. We did an early one. Yeah, this is an early one we did. Your first one was Soundgarden. That was a good one. Yeah. And it's so funny, the audio levels that we used. I used a USB mic on my first one. Yeah, you're learning. And we start jumping up. We're sounding pretty good now, I hope. Anyway, Mellencamp wrote this about his growing up in Seymour, Indiana. Farm Aid, I think, was... Yep. Was this year? Oh, was that the start of it? Was that this year? I think so. This was the first year in 85. This is the big year for all of the artists getting involved in politics from, you know, some Sun City stuff to We Are the World and all of that. (laughs) Right. He said uh, he grew up in the 60s and and he was really influenced by the songs of that era, especially in this song. You can almost hear a riff in the bridge for Small Town from the Supreme song Back in My Arms Again. Oh, there's always something. It always yeah. caught me in that. I didn't realize it was from that, but yeah. Yeah. He would sometimes add the line, my wife was 13 years old growing up in a small town when I wrote this song when he plays it live. Mm. So it's kind of interesting. <laughs> I don't know if that's the current wife anymore either. It's hard to say. <laughs> Let's just say it, at, at, at one point it was a current wife. And this is a Mellencamp quote. I wanted to write a song that said, you don't have to live in New York or Los Angeles to live a full life. I was never one of those guys that grew up and thought, I need to get out of here. It never dawned on me. I just valued having a family and staying close to friends. Yeah. Hasn't he had like seven heart attacks? I don't know. He's he's had an interesting life. Yeah. He went from being a pop guy to being somewhere in the middle. A country pop type thing. To being an artist and totally being what he's into. And oh, he didn't care. And he's actually a physical artist, too. He does a lot of paintings. When was the last time he released an album? Oh, uh, probably recently. Let me rephrase that. When was the last time he released an album that I would have heard about? Well, that's it. (laughs) 20 years ago? I mean... No, well, he does a lot of... Archie yeah, more stuff. eclectic stuff. That's what I'm yeah. saying. He's 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 not trying to be a pop star anymore. Right? Yeah, I really like this 2017 album, Said Clowns and Hillbillies, and I'll start getting off of this because this is not what we're talking about here. But Grandview is a song on that album that I right. really like. But it's not the album full of hits. Yes, it's, yeah. it's the But he can. See, that's the beauty. Like, yeah. He's made enough money. He doesn't have to worry about it. Yeah. You know, he has fu money. What does that stand for? I don't understand. It, it's it's the same. It's the same word that was in the Dire Straits song that you said earlier. Yeah. So I'll just let you say it. It's not, but we can use that one. It's fun underwear money. That's what he's talking about. <laughs> All right. So let's listen to Small Town off of Scarecrow, and Scarecrow is a fantastic it a good album. album. It really was. No, nah, that's a great song. Straight up country rock song. Okay. So that is my number five. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm going on to number four now. Okay. It's by a super group, members included. John and Andy Taylor from Duran Duran. Robert Palmer mm-hmm. and Tony Thompson from Chic. The name of the band is The Power Station. And the song, it's a cover, uh, which was originally c- recorded by T-Rex in yeah, 1971. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, it's Get It On, Bang a Gong, but I really like this version so much better than the T-Rex version. But, you know, obviously the production 
hasn't has improved in 15 years since the yeah, T-Rex version. A little bit different, right. The vibe is totally different. This one has heavy guitars, which replaces that psychedelic feel of the 71 version. Yep. But the backbeat is kind of the same. Always love this tune. The stereo effects in the beginning are worth the price of headphones yep. on this. Yep. If you listen to this podcast at all, the one songs that will always come up are the big Distorted open guitars. chord uh, ringing out guitar chords mm-hmm. and i I'm love the same it. way distorted guitars but there's jazz or rock i didn't care if it's yeah. got a distorted guitar in it and this has that in spades three and a half minutes into the song or so the bass comes in and it's amazing they have this little bass interlude and then the guitar solo who's uh, the bass player was it andy taylor john taylor okay yeah then the guitar solo is so thought out it's aggressive and tasty the chorus is so much bigger than the older version Right. I just love the song. Uh, Get It On Bang and Gong by Power Station. Yeah. Or the Power Station. And it's also off the album is a self-titled I album, had, by the way. So I had another song off that album in my not quite 13, 14, mm-hmm. 15. So yeah, it, it is a great album. Yeah. So let's listen to Get It On, Bang a Gong, Get It On. Actually, I added that last one. But you kind of have to sing it that way. <laughs> so let's listen. <laughs> It's interesting how I got back into that song. Yeah. Uh, you remember there was a movie, uh, which is, I don't particularly like the movie, but the book associated with the movie is amazing. It's called Ready Player One. Yeah. With uh, Ernest Klein. Mm-hmm. Ernest Klein came out with another book, which is called Armada. Okay. And one of the things, much like, what was like Iron Eagle, where the guy would listen to music while fighting. Right. Same type of thing. Yeah. But they had this whole soundtrack that he goes through on there. Yeah. And one of the songs was- Was that song? We get it on Bang a Gong. Really? And- That version or T-Rex version? That version. Okay. And what I did is I went through it. And I'm like, I made a playlist with the whole thing. And I started listening to it as I was going through the book. I'm like, that's awesome. Let me just have that, right? Like Guardians I, of the Galaxy. Yeah. So I kind of got into it. Yeah. Very much the same sort yeah. of thing. So I got into it and I started listening. I was like, wow, that's an amazing song. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize how much I liked that song. And this is going back like four or five years. That's hilarious. And uh, Ready Player One, read the book, by the way. Don't watch the movie. My but, son loves it. Yeah. yeah. Eric loves it. Have you, have you read the book? I haven't. Oh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a the, the, strong it's, it's completely different from... It's really a good book to read. Yeah. He loved it. I should read it. He's got yeah, it. I should yeah. read it. That book is great. The movie is... Spielberg did the movie too. Yeah. It, 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 it's just nothing in the movie is like the book. It's yeah, like that's a, that's they decided to restart. Yeah. It's it's decent in its right. own way, but it's... Eric was really disappointed. He wanted yeah. the he really I wanted, wanted the book. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't have any of it. Yeah. And if you were a child of the 80s... It has stuff on Zork. It has stuff on <laughs> weird stuff, like all 80s subculture, and it's fantastic. Oh, Just a complete yeah. sidebar. It. And this is an 80s conversation. Yeah, so, right, exactly. So it kind of gets it on fits, the same. It fits. That said, Jeff, what is your number four? My number four is a top 10 hit, Voices Carry by Till Tuesday. Oh, nice. Okay. Amy Mann on there. Love her vocals. Does great. Sings background on a Rush song, which is even, you know, gives her more street cred. Just a great song. If you cut out the beginning part, the beginning, like, four bars ages the song. You yeah. pick it out. It's like, oh, that's, uh, let's see, that's probably March of 85. I mean, you can almost pinpoint it to the week, mm-hmm. you know. But mm-hmm. if you cut that out, it's just a straight ahead, well-written song that you hear all the time. And again, 
all my songs seem to have in this one have you know lasted the lasted time here so yeah she's she's got such a great voice yeah and this is one of the ones that i thought about but i didn't quite make my list right so chris a great straight up pop hit and i just like the vocals in it like the way it was presented so all right so let's listen to voices carry off of the voices carry album yeah. by till tuesday yep No, song's all about the it's all about the chorus oh yeah no it's oh, headphones on. i can't hear nothing I, it's funny uh, anyway it's kind of funny with till tuesday just a general mm-hmm. till tuesday note they kind of won i guess it would be equivalent of american idol sort of thing in the boston massachusetts area they won a radio contest with the song love in the vacuum really and it was re-recorded for voices carry and that actually established them in the new wave bands of the 80s yeah on their like a radio station right so then they got their contract from that pretty much might be a little high in the chart but i thought it fit for mine okay all right so what is your number three my number three song is a song we have discussed earlier oh good everybody wants to rule the world oh that's a good call though yeah that was my number three song okay my number three Mm -hmm. is from an album called little creatures Mm -hmm. from the talking heads one Mm -hmm. of my favorite 80s bands and the song that really stood out, well, there's a couple songs, but the one that really got me was And She Was. Yep. A, a fantastic tune. It's an odd tune. I mean, it's just, it's typical. The groove, I love that consistent arpeggiation, mm-hmm. break into the second half, and then you go to the verse where it just disappears. Mm-hmm. I love it when a song tells a story. The chorus, the use of And She Was in each line is just so smart, I think. Right. I remember working at that video store, and when I got Stop Making Sense... Yeah. That and that totally made me a Talking Heads fan. <laughs> and I saw that again a couple years ago, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's just so... F-. I watched the whole thing again. Yeah. David Byrne, who's not the prettiest man, but it, he's so odd, it's cool. Well, but he knew that. I mean, he, yeah. he wasn't going to he wasn't gonna be a matinee idol. He right. just knew that, okay, I'm going to be a little quirky in my videos and wear big giant suits and stuff. But he... Just his musicianship, just, but just lyrically. And like you said, just the way they play with different modes and stuff during the course of the song, it's just brilliant. I mean, they, Hey, and there's cowbell in this. Well, you can't, I mean, you you gotta love the cowbell. No wonder it's, it's high in your list. (laughs) Guess what? I got a fever and the only prescription is more cowbell. Everything needs a cowbell. (laughs) It's about a girl burn new who used to take LSD in a field next to a YooHoo drink factory in Baltimore little detail oh, that uh, old trope that old trope <laughs> bring that bring that cliche out every song in the world's written about that the interesting thing that i was shocked and i actually went online i'm like i read this i'm like that can't be true did you find a you who and no no this this next thing i'm going to talk about the talking heads never performed this live never performed this live because they broke up okay why because they stopped touring in 1984 oh right after the, oh you're kidding before yeah i didn't before, know that they, yeah they, really and i went i said this can't be true. And I went and I looked. Even on times they came back and they played. But he's done it though, right? Yeah, he's Burns okay. probably done it on his okay, own. Okay, but the Talking but Heads. But the Talking as a Heads group. as a group oh. have never done it. 
and I went through and I there's, there's a database you can search for every concert. You can yeah, say yeah, many yeah. times they play a song. I've, I've been on set list. Uh, yeah, set list. Yep. And you go through it. And I'm like, it has to be. I'm like, you know what? That's no true. And I'm like, that way. it just blew my mind. Here's one of my favorite Talking Head songs. And I'm like, how could they have never ever played it? The the video was kind of weird too. It's this mm-hmm. sort of concept video moving through a collage and you see like the girl's feet pop up and you see oh i think i remember it now okay. burn popping in on little tv sets and all yeah. these all this stuff it was really kind of weird but it was really cool because it was quite different from everything you saw interesting so let's listen to my number three and she was She was such a good song. Great song. So my number two is from a person I talked about earlier, but as part of a band. Mm. Uh, His name is Robert Palmer. Yes. It's from Riptide. Yep. And my number two is Addicted to Love. Interesting. Fantastic song. Big drums, the intro, guitar hook that hits you, tasteful keyboard stabs added to it. Your head has to move with the song. And I know we're sounding redundant, but the video the, the obviously well not obviously not if you weren't around at that point but this oh, was he, the biggest he, thing in the world at that time <laughs> the funny thing about the video is he had models playing all the instruments mm-hmm. and took the focus away from him yeah beautiful women but none of them actually knew how to play the instruments well it was painfully obvious so but it was kind of the point <laughs> it was and they're all moving at different beats they're just and they're moving around they're all the exact same height they're all about six two it's like needless to say uh robert's wife was on set for this shoot <laughs> 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 but it's interesting that one of the girls who was playing bass during the show mm-hmm. it can be dangerous too when hot girls can be dangerous in ways you wouldn't expect what happened is <laughs> or ways we've never experienced yeah the, well, <laughs> the the producers gave the girls some wine to get them moving and stuff beforehand sure he did. so so they whatever right right <laughs> and so the, the girl who was playing bass mm-hmm. was moving around in high heels and during the shoot she stumbled forward on her heels hit robert in the back of the head with her bass and he got knocked teeth first into the microphone <laughs> That's why you should never have hot girls on set. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. It's so sad that he died in uh, 2003. Kind of young, like yeah, 50- 54. Wow, a heart attack. He was still touring. He was still doing it. I heard, I saw an interview like the day before he died. Really? Yeah. Just it's all on yeah, YouTube yeah. and it's just yeah. talking. And he's Genetics, looking forward to the future. And right. there you go. They said it all started with a guitar riff that Palmer got in a dream. He said that noisy rift woke me up. I went downstairs, got a tape recorder, and then I went back to bed. The next morning, I was like, whoa, I really got one there. Right. So it's almost like a sleepwalking thing. And obviously, this is the number one hit. Fantastic. You know, I like to think you're immune to this stuff. Oh, yeah. The chorus is so catchy. Yeah. And once again, the video made an imprint on my brain. Yes. So let's listen to my number two, Addicted to Love. No, I just love that tune. Yeah, it's a great song. It really is. And again, you can't you can't help but 
look at pasty faced, yeah, six foot tall models swaying in the background. They look identical. Yeah, I know they're not. They're separate people with their own identities. <laughs> okay, rough. All women are empowered. They're all. They're yeah, all, they're all. yeah, yeah. It's it's their their empowerment that made that for the yes, audience. exactly. <laughs> they empower their their looks over Robert yeah, Palmer's looks. Exactly. It was interesting that he went with the suit and he had that sort of vibe. That, but that's his look, yeah, yeah, right. That was always his yeah. look, even in the seventies when mm-hmm. he was doing stuff. That yeah. was his kind of thing, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been his. That's his bag, baby. Yeah, that's his bag. That's <laughs> <laughs> his bag. That's not mine, baby. <laughs> that's his bag. It has your name on it. <laughs> it's so funny. All right, proper English gentleman. Yes. Um, all right, uh, what's your number two? Number two is a song we have done previously. Okay. It's Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. Nice. Okay, drum roll, please. What's your number one? Anticlimactic. It's a song we've done earlier. Okay. It's Raspberry Beret by Prince. I could tell by the way you said it when you were talking about that song. That, yeah, that, that it's, was just a, it's just a, it's his best song. So I had And you're going to be there. shocked that my number one is one we've already done too. Interesting. And it's by an Australian band. Uh-huh. NXS. Yep. What you need off a listen like thieves is Great. number one. I'm a huge NXS fan. Yeah. Mine was twelve. Yours was one. Yeah. It's that whole juxtaposition. I think mine was eleven for your one. Yeah. This is by far the most I've matched on any podcast I've done so far. Well, I think it's. Uh, I it's think partially the year. It's partially the year. I don't think there was. There wasn't. Let's put it this way. There was very few heavy metal albums coming out that year, right? I think Iron Maiden had. Beast from the East or Live from whatever, whatever yeah, their live, live album stuff. was. Yeah, yeah. That was their only thing. Scorpions had Worldwide Live. There were only live albums, it seemed like, in 85. They took a they took a breath, right? Yeah, well, UFO had an album. <laughs> yeah, it was Misdemeanor. <laughs> who's going who's gonna to do Misdemeanor? I'm a huge no, UFO, know, but my UFO ends at 78. Yeah, I right? imagine. Yeah, it, yeah. it ends after Strangers. You know? Heart was on there. I had these Dreams on is like my 14, 15, you know. One of the other albums I like mm-hmm. generally, but I couldn't see put in the, in the top 12 was Afterburner. Same. There, there are a couple of songs I was thinking about. Right. Was uh, Radioactive by The Firm. The Firm was great. I mean, yeah. uh, Tony Bates. Franklin was the bass player. He's he was amazing. Always didn't wear shoes. That was weird. I thought it'd be kind of funny to do uh, Party All the Time as one but of my... I saw Eddie Murphy Eddie on there. Murphy, I thought yeah. that'd be great. I, the Cult is one of my ones Oh, The Cult, there. yeah. She Sells Sanctuary She Sells Sanctuary is that great. Was, that was down a bit, but... Rock Me Amadeus. A little Falco in there. A little Falco I thought about. Yeah, it was a, that was big driving. Uh, you know, driving Pop around. Life by Prince. Obviously, Prince is all this stuff. I kind of went with the yeah. the one that I liked. If we you, didn't do Kyrie by Mr. Mister. It, it, I, have, I had Broken Wings on there. Okay. It was what, like my number 16 or 17. And the only other thing I thought about doing was some Stevie Ray Vaughan. And did he so, have an album come yeah, out that year? Yeah. Which one? It wasn't uh, Double Trouble. No. Well, it was, it was with Double Trouble. Uh, hold on a second. Let me get it. Or Texas Flood, I mean. Soul of Soul. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Change It and Look at Little Sister, which Look at Little Sister was more of a cover, but I really love it. All right. So let's Let's, go and remind people what our top 12 was. Okay. And I'll start. My song of note was Russians by Sting. My number 12 was I Drink Alone by George Thorogood and the Destroyers. My number 11 is Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. Number 10 is In My Dreams by Dokken. Number nine is Raspberry Beret by Prince. Number eight, Don't Come Round Here No More by Tom Petty. Number seven, Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. Number six, Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Five is Small Town by John Mellencamp. 
Number four is Get It On, Bang A Gong by pa- The Power Station. Number three is And She Was by The Talking Heads. Number two is Addicted to Love by Robert Palmer. And number one is What You Need by NXS. Okay, Jay. And my top 12, I'll start with my 13th pick, or what do you call it? What do you call it? A song them? of note. My song of note is Susudio by Phil Collins off of No Jacket Required. My number 12 is What You Need by NXS. Number 11 is Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves. Number 10 is Silent Running by Mike and the Mechanics. Number 9, Things Can Only Get Better, Howard Jones. Take On Me is my number 8 song by AHA. Number 7 is What I Lie to You by Eurythmics. Money for Nothing is a 6 song by Dire Straits. Then comes at number 5, Fortress Around Your Heart by Sting. Voices Carry by Till Tuesday is my number 4 song. Everybody Wants to Rule the World is number three by Tears for Fears. Number two song is Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. And my number one song is Raspberry Beret by Prince and the Revolution. Well, good deal, man. It looks like we matched, I think, on five, What You Need by NXS. Five. Yeah, we have five. Money for Nothing. Mm-hmm. Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Don't You Forget About Raspberry Me. Raspberry Beret and Don't Raspberry. You Forget About Me. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It seemed like there was more almost. It did, but I think it was because it was every other one. Yeah. It almost worked out that way. And it rolled up that our top ones were yeah. ones that we had. We had already done. So, yeah. yes. Yeah. Like yeah, but this is a lot of fun. So, it was good. It was great. Thank you for having me. It was great. Yeah, it was good. I've been fretting for the past week and a half trying to go through. And it's, is this perfect? Is this my right list? <laughs> thank you for being a part of this. Oh, thank and you for having me. Everybody, especially check out the YouTube for this so you can see all the videos that we talked about. Because half of the fun for a lot of these songs that we talked about today yeah, this is are the, the videos. It's a visual one. Yeah. This uh, is the height of the video world, that universe. So watch the videos. They really tried to put them into the songs and get them to fit. And some are crazy and some are spot on. So be sure to like us and subscribe on whatever service you use. We'd really love to have you part of the, this community. It's awesome. And love chatting with everybody on Facebook. So please join us there. And... In two weeks, we're going to be doing 1984. So check that out. God bless and be well. See you soon. See you, everybody.